Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If anybody likes a good underdog story, it's me, your host, Fred Van Vliet. Welcome to Bet On Yourself, a podcast about diverse entrepreneurs overcoming obstacles on their way to building businesses designed not just to survive, but to thrive in today's rapidly changing world. With me, as always, is my co-host, my business advisor, D. Folk, a.k.a. Derek Folk, COO of Folk Williams Financial Management. How you feeling, D.? I'm great. Excited to be here. How are you? Good. Happy to have you. Good. With us today is our guest, Tammy Ucoin. And Tammy Ucoin stared at a blank wall and, and knew she could create a business. Her business, Partial, became, began with a simple goal, to bring a more original Canadian art onto more walls, directly from the artist that made it. Her art platform and marketplace is a destination for art collectors to discover outstanding, emerging, and established Canadian and BIPOC artists. Tammy is here to take partial the whole way. Welcome to the show, Tammy. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. Man, thanks for being here. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got started. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I could probably go back pretty far, but I think I, I mean, I was raised in a family where entrepreneurship was always a thing. I mean, my father immigrated here from Hong Kong and by here to Toronto from um, Hong Kong. And after quite a bit of struggle, your kind of classic immigrant story started his own business. So it's kind of always been maybe in our family DNA to try something different and uh, yeah, work for yourself and create something um, that you can share with other people. So yeah, uh, I think yeah, my father really influenced me in that in that regard. Um, you know, we kind of dabbled in the family business for a while, which was manufacturing. And then um, yeah, after working kind of on and off with him and um, other members of my family, kind of went to school, decided to strike it out on my own. I had a lot of interest in art and design growing up. So uh, yeah, pursued that as a career. And I have a background in graphic design. So that's something that I like doing. Um, but yeah, I think like definitely the entrepreneurship working for yourself um, fire was relit in me when I graduated school. And then I got a job at an ad agency, which was super exciting. You know, I think we've all seen Mad Men and mm -hmm. that kind of idea of like, yeah, you know, the glamour, mm -hmm. you know, free drinks on Fridays. <laughs> I'll do anything for free bagels every morning. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then, you know, was that was going great. I thought my career was going to kind of follow that path. And then I was suddenly laid off. Mm. Um, they were doing some restructuring. And it was kind of one of those things that I didn't think could ever happen to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, 
but I'm great. You know, like, how could, yeah, the system, how could I not, like, fit into this kind of system of working um, and doing something that I love? And I think that's when I kind of realized that, like, oh, you've been working so hard for someone else, and it still doesn't mean necessarily that it guarantees something for you. So that kind of made me think about, um, yeah, working for myself and maybe um, if I'm going to work, rather, if I'm going to work that hard, could I possibly work for myself and at mm. least um, going through those struggles and that uncertainty myself and, and have, even though you don't have the security that necessarily comes with a paycheck, mm-hmm. you do have the security of knowing that there's always going to be work if you create it for mm. yourself. So walk us through that mindset of, um, you know, you just got laid off. Mm. Um, obviously, there's I'm sure there's hurt and shame and disappointment and um, all of the emotions that come with that. Talk us through the mindset that it took to uh, get back up off the ground and, mm. and how that got you to the next step. We all we always hear about people's stories about how they overcame adversity. But like walk us through a, a detailed day mm-hmm. or, you know, even just a thought process that you had at that time. Yeah, I mean, I was in my early 20s at that time, and I think, you know, being younger, it kind of felt like my whole life was about my career. Mm-hmm. You know, I time has passed, and I've now kind of appreciated, you know, that life doesn't necessarily have to be 100% about work. There's something about balance. Mm. and But at the time, all my eggs were in this basket of ad agency life. Um, and I'm really glad you asked like how I kind of got myself out of that. And I would say that a lot of it was thanks to people who I had met who wanted to support me through that. So, mm-hmm. of course, there was exactly as you said, like the shame of being like escorted out of the agency, <laughs> put in a taxi, courtesy of the agency. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> um, and then just going home, and then I think uh, calling my mother and mm-hmm. being like, I don't know what's like, it felt like my life was over before it had even began, which sounds dramatic. But, no, that's, wow. that's, that's how it is. You know, yeah. yeah, like picture someone who thought they were on the top of the world and then kind of just had a little chat and mm-hmm. thanks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thankfully I had, I guess, like made some nice connections with folks at the agency who saw. Um, maybe potential in me and, um, you know, also saw that I was in a bit of a rut and they kept encouraging me and sending opportunities my way. You know, like uh, I was doing a lot of graphic design at the time Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, some folks that I met at the agency, some of whom were also laid off during that time, Mm -hmm. but they were older and had more work experience and life experience actually. you know, connected me with folks where they're like, hey, you're, do you know what? You're a great graphic designer. Um, you have great ideas. Maybe agency life wasn't made for you. Maybe you're made for something else. Why don't you try working at this place? Let me connect you with this friend of mine. And yeah, through that, I kind of got myself um, back into a place where, yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite grateful that, that I was forced out of that cycle of the path I was on to to reflect on what I actually really wanted to do or um, would like to try doing rather. Awesome relationships. Yeah. Me and Derek talk a lot about relationships mm. um, and business, and you know you had those relationships at at your ad agency to help you transition to you know the next phase. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, let's dive into um, partial. Mm. So what what exactly is partial? What do you offer at partial? 
And, um, you know, where do you see the business going? Yeah. Um, thanks for that awesome intro, by the way. That actually captured a lot of, I think, like, what Partial is about. But, yeah, basically, Partial is exactly that, like an online art gallery and platform that aims to connect Canadian artists with people who want to see more of their work and, more importantly, people who have the potential of buying their work and growing their collection. Um, so for artists, they can join Partial and they can create profiles for themselves. I think the artist story is such a huge part of why people buy art. So to kind of take away the um, kind of the fog and mystique around art, you know, typically when one sees art in a traditional gallery setting, you don't normally see the artist, you don't know what they're about, you don't know why they've made that piece of art. On Partial, those artists can tell their story and also show their work that's available, mm. along with the pricing, so that you can consider whether you can perhaps own that art or rent mm -hmm. that art. It helps, um, it helps kind of uh, categorize it. If, for sure. You know, it makes it easier for the viewer to decide, you know, how he's viewing it. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Am yeah, I right in saying that? Totally. Because I've had experience where I, I, you know, I've, I've, you know, sometimes they put that little price right, real small, on the back <laughs> of the piece, and you're like, man, that's a really nice piece, man. I wish I could put that on my wall. Yeah. And then you get to the back of it, and it's like twenty thousand dollars. You're like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? Like, we don't have necessarily pieces on partial that are twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. But. Well, you know, a lot of the work on there ranges from like twenty dollars to mm -hmm. like say like eight thousand dollars. Yeah, no, as it yeah. should. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think it it lets people kind of enter the art buying world. Like, so for folks who come to Partial, whether you're like a seasoned art collector, you have a choice of thousands of art pieces by diverse Canadian artists. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Um, to remind people that, yeah, there's a ton of artistic talent outside of Canada, but how about the talent that you have like in your own city or in your own country? What if you sort of put your investment into them and help mm -hmm. them sustain their art artistic career? That's sort of the idea with Partial. So there's stuff for them, but then also for people who are maybe new to art buying. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely even when I started Partial, I was not an avid art collector. Right. Mm -hmm. I was just someone who was like, oh, here's an idea. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, even for me, as I learned more about the process, I kind of realized what are some hurdles that prevent people from investing in original artwork. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, some of that is price. Mm -hmm. So we built in these models that make it, that take away, I think, some of the fear of investing in original art. One of those main things is this rental program. So folks can rent art pieces for their home or their offices, and then after a few months decide whether they like the piece, then they just pay the difference to own it. Or if they're like, oh, it's not really for me, thanks, um, they can return the work to the artist, and it's still a win for the artist because yeah, they've been able 100%. to take that artwork out of their studio and share it with someone who connected with it. So nice. well, let's yeah. talk details. One, I got one more. De let's talk details of partial before we get into next steps. Um, mm. I'm pretend I'm a, I'm a Canadian artist, and and Derek is new to. Um, Purchasing art, he's a consumer. Yeah, give us the pitch. What, what, why, why should I be, um, you know, intrigued to join your platform? Why should he use it? Right, right. Okay, so Fred, the artist, <laughs> I love your work. Um, but yeah, I think one of the cool things with Partial is that it's a platform that is like a destination or a hub for many different people. I think for artists, they also act as entrepreneurs, and it can feel very solitary. 
um, not only are you trying to create work, but you it's also your job to put yourself out there and mm-hmm. cool. Like Instagram's awesome, but you've got to get followers and get followers that will invest you in you. Convert it, yeah. Yeah. Um, you could try to get into a traditional gallery or put on a show that comes at a great cost and is very difficult to do. Whereas if you have a bridge, which is what Partial is aiming to do, between people who are already fans of art and looking for more Canadian artists, yourself, Derek, you don't have to kind of constantly bounce around to different Instagram profiles or say, like, go to different galleries to discover one or two artists. You come to a single platform and you're connected with hundreds of really talented, curated artists from across the country who are showing you work that they want you to consider and you have the means through partial to then acquire it by directly contacting Freddie as an artist so Mm -hmm. we have that capability on our platform and we also have built-in systems to make the art buying process seamless and easy because it is actually a kind of a complicated um, Mm -hmm. mysterious process if you've never done it before yeah Yeah, okay so talk to us um, let's let's um, speak to the audience as well as as me and Derek is it an app is it a website? Is it what? What exactly is Partial, and where can we find it? Yeah, so Partial is a website. Okay, um, but it does also work on your mobile phone. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, yeah www.partial.gallery, and you just go there, and we have all the artists showcased there, including um, a really cool partnership we have with OCAD University in Toronto, and they have showcased a bunch of their um, selected art students and alumni. And, yeah, through there you can create profiles, browse all the artists, and browse all the artwork as well. Well, Tammy, I want to jump in. I want to ask you something. Mm -hmm. I always think of companies, logos and names have meaning. Mm. Why partial? Partial, yes. Coming up with names is tough. (laughs) Mm. Um, I've always been, I guess, like drawn to um, names that are real words. Mm -hmm. So partial um, was one of the many words that I thought of that had the word art actually hidden in it without being too uh, forward. Yeah, I think I've always like kind of like subtle tea as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, But then I was also thinking about how when someone sees a piece of work, what draws them to it, they're partial to it. And when you rent the work, you're kind of partially owning it for a short period of time and partially experiencing it. Wow. So that's yeah. good. I, I, I got number three in in my mind number three yeah. was there that I could partially own it. But the other two, the art <laughs> and then being partial to something, I didn't get those two. So that's good. Oh. And I think it's always important because like I say, names and logos always mm. have meaning to to a uh, entrepreneur when they set up mm. a business. So talk to us about what it looks like. What's the next level for partial and what would help you get there? Yeah. Um, what do you need to get there? I mean, back to the theme of like relationships and people, I feel like I've gotten partial to a certain point thanks to people who've been part of partial. So yeah, we have like a tech co-founder who definitely helped make partial what it is now. And I'm so grateful to him. Shout out to Chris, Kim. Shout out to Chris. Shout out to Chris. Yeah. And as well as... um other folks who are essentially like volunteering their time to lend expertise and stuff. Um, I'd say to to take partial to the next level, it would require more manpower and more people who are um, smarter than me and have the time and ability to to provide uh, 
yeah, I guess like insights into marketing, like one of our main goals is to spread um, or rather to share partial with more folks across Canada. So something that was really successful was this partnership with OCAD University. It'd be super cool to get um, artists from art schools in the West Coast, in Montreal, on the East Coast to use partial and um, find the same success that those students found in sharing their work and selling their work. I think that would be great. Um, yeah, the other thing is, yeah, I guess like getting the word out there to people who would want to buy art. I think the Canadian art market, it's really exciting because it's new. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of something that I wasn't expecting to be t- when I first started Partial. Um, Canadians, I think people have this perception of Canadians as being like followers or slow to start. You know, they they aren't interested in art and they aren't interested in design. And I don't believe that to be true. But it definitely is taking time for for the folks who are um, art buyers to, to come out of the woodwork mm-hmm. and, yeah, choose to support Canadian artists. So yeah. I think to better reach people who have the means to do that, um, whether they're like commercial buildings, we had... Um, yeah, we had a really cool instance of a condo developer contact us a year or two ago, and he actually made the choice and told his interior designer that I don't want to use cookie cutter art in our lobbies. I want to use our budget to buy art by emerging Canadian artists, and wow. they came to Partial for that. Hmm. And that is so huge, That's not just nice. for us as a small business, but for each of those artists, it's like, you know, and I'm getting like a bit emotional here because I am, um, yeah, it's it's a hard business to be in, but what kind of motivates us to keep doing it is when we see how excited and stoked the artists are when they actually sell a piece of work, mm-hmm. whether it's to like Mary Jo in Scarborough or to this dude building a condo, yeah, right. it means a lot because it's art's so personal, yeah, right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So um, That's awesome. So, so how does Tammy and her team make money is it built the platform built on you know a transaction fee with the artist mm-hmm. or is there a tax on both sides like for the consumer what what's the what's the business model yeah for the actual company yeah so um our business model is such where we want to try and give as much of the money to artists as possible mm-hmm. so the way that traditional art galleries have r- been running is um 50 percent mm. commission fees mm. On sales, you know, it's like almost similar to retail, yeah. right? Um, for us, we have because we have such low overheads because it's just myself, Chris, Travis, Maggie, and Cat just working out of our homes, mm-hmm. um, and we've built this like really robust online platform. We don't think it's fair to charge that much, mm-hmm. but we are there to facilitate and provide this um, audience and platform for both sides. Mm-hmm. So we charge some of the lowest transaction fees out there for our platforms, mm-hmm. and that's one part of our revenue stream. Nice. Um, the other revenue stream is for artists. Artists can join for free, but if they want to access these kind of insurance-protected rental models that we've put in place, um, access to interior designers, mm-hmm. film and TV set designers. There's tiers. Yeah. Then there is um, a ten dollar a month pro plan. Mm. However, with that being said, again, this is my like bleeding heart for artists. Mm. If there are artists out there who are going through a challenging financial situation, especially with the last two years mm-hmm. that we've been through, it's been really tough. Um, and also for any artist that's self-identified as Indigenous, mm-hmm. we can waive those fees for mm. them. Mm. Nice. So. Yeah, we just think it's important to share the work of artists, especially like 
you know, these artists are what make Toronto an amazing place to be. Even though we don't always see it, like, I think if we imagine if all those artists stopped making work, how different our city would be. So How it would look. Mm -hmm, Exactly, how it would look, for sure. So, um, yeah, so that's currently our business model. And it's been great in the sense that, um, I mean, rather, I feel like I'm really privileged to be able to still be working on it along with Chris because we've found other ways to hustle ourselves to support ourselves, mm-hmm. not through partial, until it gets to the point where we can pay ourselves. Um, but yeah, for now, we're like very happy seeing all these artists be able to sell work and use partial, and hopefully we can grow it to a scale where it does become um, something that can sustain the careers of, you know, five, 10, maybe 20 people across Canada. Let's get specific. Um, yeah. What do, what, what you talking about scaling it up and, mm. and getting to the point to where, you know, you guys can you know, live off of it and things like that. What is that? What do you need? Like, what does that take right now? If you could have a magic, you know, box fall from the sky that would solve all your problems today, what do you think that would be? I think if I could somehow reach all the people across Canada. So is that marketing, distribution? Marketing, You feel good about distribution? Yeah. You you think it's just more so of, of like, expanding the platform to – reach more viewers? Is, yeah. Is more I mean, buyers? our platform is definitely um, well built enough. And thanks to Chris, where mm-hmm. it can sustain like a lot of traffic. Mm-hmm. I think it's bringing that traffic up. Like we've, I think, you know, we use Instagram. Mm-hmm. I always have this like love, hate relationship with Instagram because it's sort of like, what does a like mean really? Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes, when you're trying to like build a business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, that's kind of always been the tough thing with with our businesses. Creating traffic. Yeah, reaching, and yeah, not just creating traffic, but reaching the people who who will, reaching more people who will buy art. Will buy. Yeah, and that was my other question, too, is like, yeah. how, how do you, as someone who has experience in the field, mm. how do you feel about, you know, you, you said, you know, love, hate with Instagram, but like, how do you focus on turning those views or those likes or those streams or whatever mm. we want to call them into buys and purchases because that's a really hard thing to do yeah. um because now we can i don't have to go to your art gallery i can just look at all the art on my phone and just by sheer mm-hmm. nature i might not want to buy it because i can see it already oh you know for sure I mean? there's not there's not i feel like art is more of a personal experience and like you have to be gravitated towards something but now yeah. with everything being digital yeah. it's hard to get the feeling so yeah. what can you speak to that yeah i mean and i think it is personal like for for art i don't necessarily look at it as a consumer product like it's not like a t-shirt or even like a print or an NFT, mm-hmm. which is a whole other thing. That, yeah, we'll like, get to that. We'll get, threw we'll me get to for that like a end. loop yeah. during COVID. <laughs> we'll get to that. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I think that's why we when we built uh, Partial, we sort of made the artist story just as important as the artwork itself. Like I, when I buy art, I'm not just like, oh yeah, look at this pretty picture of a dog. When I see it, I'm like, oh, this art is by this person. They're like a full-time mom. She used to be an art teacher. She lives, you know, three blocks away. Oh, we had a like lovely chat when I picked up this piece. You can see her brush strokes on the canvas. Mm. These are the things that I think um, make buying original artwork so fun. And um, it's a personal connection with another human being, which mm-hmm. you can't necessarily get through 
an image on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people who get it, they 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 love it. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. But today, how many how many followers do you guys have on Instagram? Uh, currently on Instagram, I think we have about forty one hundred. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Of which a lot of them are yeah. It's a split between like artists and then people who are either arts and cultures workers, art collectors, art buyers. Yeah. So what about galleries? How do you see galleries fitting into your mm. your business model? Yeah, and it's actually really interesting. Like when I first started Partial as someone who's like an outsider to the art world, it was kind of challenging to talk to some art galleries because it's such an old model. It's historic. It's it's um high end. Mm-hmm. So to have this kind of outsider come in and be like, hey, folks, I've got this idea for an online platform. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> then, of course, COVID hit. And then everyone was like, we need an online platform. Right. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I've kind of gone back and forth about how to, whether it was um, in our plan to engage art galleries. But I decided a couple years ago to not worry about that and just focus on independent artists because I think that's sort of the whole thing, like going back to why we started this. I wanted to give support to all those like thousands of talented artists out there that haven't been chosen to be represented by a gallery or who haven't had kind of the luck to be shown at a certain venue or something. There are so many talented artists who have either had a history of being successful and then it disappeared Mm -hmm. or who due to different family circumstances or life circumstances just couldn't keep trying to be an artist but they're so talented so to give them an avenue that they're excited about to showcase this work and a lot of this work is honestly as good as whatever's hype out there right now right Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so I think like we're we're kind of the alternative for artists who who don't need to go to a gallery. And for maybe people who are looking to buy art, definitely please go support your brick and mortar galleries. If you can afford the work there and you love it, do it. Um, if you're still looking, yeah, check out Partial and you'll f- I'm sure you'll find something on there. So those yeah. thousands of artists out there that you're talking about, how mm-hmm. do you find them? How do you attract them to your platform? Mm. Because what I would imagine is each one of those artists has somewhat of a following. So whether it's 20 people, 100 people, mm. or 1,000 people. So if each one of those artists comes to your platform, that brings more consumers. So yeah. talk to me about or talk I to us so. and the listeners. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Like we, I guess, I don't know, it's tough. For an online platform, I think right now we have about between 500 to 700 artists on Partial, which for Toronto as a smaller, like... That's a lot. Yeah, it's great. And I think I checked this morning and we have like 7,000 available art pieces and Mm. then probably another like 7,000 that are in the bank that um, aren't shown as being available. But yeah, if every artist who's on Partial was a lovely spokesperson, you know, they, I always feel like artists know other artists who are as talented as they are. Um, That's great, but part of the challenge is there's so much um, like noise out there. It's really hard to capture people's attention um, and to make, uh, yeah, to hold hold their attention for very long. Thankfully, we have a few artists who who really recognize what we do and they constantly on their platforms, like you say, share news about partial or 
yeah, direct people to, oh, I can't, I don't have the means to sell the work myself. I can't process credit cards. I don't have artwork insurance, et cetera. But you can totally buy my art on Partial. That happens a lot, and we're grateful for that. You're creating a marketplace. Mm-hmm. So, so, so now I'm thinking about, mm. um, you talked about the artists, and you've got 500 artists. So is there a criteria for artists to get their artwork published or listed on Partial? Um, very loosely. Okay. I think like when I started, I was a lot snobbier about it. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of realized that like, stop Tammy, you're like, you, you, this isn't why you're creating partial to be like another fancy schmancy gallery. And I also realized that like the art that I like, other people might not like. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of like art that I don't like that if someone out there was willing to pay for it, and they have that connection, why would I not give them that opportunity? So basically our parameters for artists who apply to be on Partial is they just submit a super simple link to either their Instagram profile or their um, portfolio website and we review it. And um, yeah, if it's of a certain caliber of work, and again, I keep that quite loose, then they're able to create a profile on Partial and we accept them for, yeah, our acceptance rate is about like 70%. And then for those who who are not accepted, um, yeah, I would think I would just encourage them to like kind of come back to us again in the future. Like oftentimes it's a younger artist who's just starting out. Trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay, um, biggest surprise so far? The biggest surprise I think is probably... Um, I want to say that it's been a slow burn. I've like started other businesses myself in the past and it's been like comparatively easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, but I think, okay, maybe I'll rephrase that. I think the biggest surprise has been how um, committed my team has been to sticking it out. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, especially in this day and age in Toronto, and probably, yeah, in the States, of course, and around the world, this, like, startup mm-hmm. mentality of, like, here's your runway, you know, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think I'm just very grateful that we, like, found a team of people who were in it for the same reasons, which wasn't necessarily, like, financial gain in the short term. Mm-hmm. It's, like, this vision for, like, partial as a separate entity, it reaching its potential, um, growing at a steady pace, and just feeling good about seeing every day when like an art piece is sold or when someone rents a piece of work, the good vibes have been what's been chugging it along. But nice. it, there are definitely days where I'm like, oh my gosh, how much longer can we do this for? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's 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 awesome. You read my mind. I was getting ready to ask you um to to take the artist hat off for a second and, mm-hmm. and let's talk business. So mm-hmm. talk to me about. Your team. I know you mentioned Chris. Yeah. Um, talk to me about your team and and how you know the sh- whether it's struggles or whatever the the challenges that you face, the things you've encountered in building a team. Because yeah. regardless of the platform or you know your passion for this space and liking art, being an artist, all of that is fine and dandy. But you still have to build a company. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. even if that's three people or three hundred people, you have to build that company. So yeah. talk us through you know your team and how you got to that point and, you know, some of the things along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say bless Chris Kim because, 
yeah, I, I'd known him already for several years in a working capacity as a graphic designer. I like reached out to him as a freelancer for website development for like several years. Um, and then when I'd come up with Partial and was just kind of putting together this like janky gallery page off of a out of the box platform website creator, mm -hmm. I won't say the name, but you know, um, yeah, I realized very quickly like, okay, buying art is not the same as like buying t-shirts. Mm -hmm. There's a process, it's gotta be human to human interaction, blah, blah, blah. And then Chris was so quick to jump on board because he had kind of like a vested interest in wanting to support artists. Mm -hmm. Him coming from a creative family and he was the black sheep because he went academic tech route. Mm -hmm. And they're like, why aren't you an artist like the rest of us? Mm -hmm. So this was his, yeah, so this was his kind of avenue of kind of um, fulfilling that um, aspect of his life. So yeah, very grateful for Chris. Um, Am I going? Am I going off base? I was. No, okay. we're talking about right. your team, building right. your team up. You, you're, you're giving us um, Chris's background. Yeah. Um, I think we're just we're just interested in like you know, building companies, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, part of this show is, is based around young entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. um, or early entrepreneurs, um, yeah. finding their way. And you've had experience with other businesses, but this is something you mm -hmm. know different that you're doing. So, yeah. like, what is that? What has that process been like in terms of building a team? Because mm -hmm. you, it's a lot of heart, is what I'm hearing. A lot of heart and yeah. passion, and and caring. And you know, me and Derek talk about all the time. Like a, a good business mm -hmm. or a good person doesn't always make a good business person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you know, talk us through some of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I would say like right. So Chris was one important aspect, and we always check in with each other. I make sure of that, like, on at least every six months or so. Just mm -hmm. be like, hey, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. How are we Support. doing? Yeah, mm -hmm. like, because if we're not doing this because we still love it and because it doesn't make us feel good, or if we're not um, getting something out of it intangible, then we need to talk about it. Because the last thing I want is for people to be working somewhere and feeling trapped and like they don't have a way out. So we stay in touch a lot. And then I think over the pandemic, um, we had a longtime advisor. His name is Travis Hines. Um, he's like a former executive. Um, you know, we, we met at a bar and through a mutual friend and we just got talking years ago. And uh, yeah, he started to sort of pitch in every month to ask how I was doing. And then finally, after a couple of years, he was like, do you know what? I really am in a place where I believe in this company and I want to join formally as a CPO. So that was awesome to have that kind of talent. Again, someone who's like smarter than me, has more abilities than me to lead a certain component. Um, and then we've had a couple other folks join who are more from the arts world. Um, yeah, who just... I don't know them. They just found Partial, mm -hmm. got super excited about it, and were like, how can I be part of this? It doesn't matter to me like what the formalities of a pay mm -hmm. are or whatever, but I just really see something in this and I want to be part of it. And I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Right. <No>, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, and But I mean, it's also tough. Like a lot of us, our team is kind of spread out across um not Canada, Ontario and Quebec right now. Mm -hmm. So as much as like kind of virtual meets and Slack and all that sort of stuff are great for collaboration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 
yeah, it, it's hard to kind of um, have those. In, yeah, it's difficult to have those in-person sessions, which I think are really great sometimes. Yeah. So, Tammy, talk to us a little bit about some of the weaknesses that your mm. company faces and mm-hmm. what are the strengths? How do you turn your weakness into strength? What's that look like? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of connected to your previous question, but I think like one of perhaps our weaknesses is um, our patience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the fact that we've planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know, it's it's great that we've been able to bootstrap it and because um yeah, we're doing other sort of side hustle and freelance jobs so that we can pay the bills, that that pressure to grow fast and now mm-hmm. um isn't there. Right. There is kind of this, uh, yeah, this feeling of letting it grow organically, which I think is healthy to create like a solid base. It's a fine line. Fine line between patience and complacency. Yep. Very fine line. Especially when you're kind of working independently from home. I mean, I've been working for myself for, you know, 12 years now. So I definitely learned all those lessons that, yeah, it was funny. I think like every freelancer during COVID. Was already like ready in your for element, it, yeah. Yeah, because people are like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, I'm not brushing my teeth till yeah. 4 p.m." We're like, "Honey, we've, we've been, been there." Doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think that's definitely something that I constantly try and challenge myself with. Like, after working on this for a few years, yeah, it's not every day that I wake up and I'm motivated to change the world. You know, <laughs> sometimes yeah. you're just like, oh, "Maybe I'll just answer a few emails and, and you know." You can keep busy with little things, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's probably true for a lot of um, freelancers, entrepreneurs, business owners. It's very easy to, f- yeah, you can fill your nine to five day being busy. Right. But right. in terms of making like drastic change or even taking the time to step back and 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 ask yourself if what you're doing is the best thing. Um, for the progress of your business, yeah, it's very, yeah, it's tough to do that. It's tough, yeah, yeah. it's a tough balance. So you, you touched on it a little bit. Walk us through the last um, 12 months, 12 to 18 months. Mm. Um, you know, we all went through this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the same time, there was a social uprising, you know, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter um, all across the world, protests and, and what have you. So um, talk to us a little bit more about um what you went through mm. personally and, and, you know, in the business aspect yeah. with partial and, and how both things affected you. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, I guess like maybe I'll just say 
first through the lens of partial. It was um, really interesting and hopeful to see how folks turn to art and artists to first not just guide them through this pandemic, but then especially when Black Lives Matter hit, it, yeah, people um, suddenly turned, wanted to to see what artists were saying mm. about it, you know, whether it was sharing mm. artwork on their social media that spread a certain message or mm. whatever. I, Yeah, I think it kind of shook people and made them realize how, um, yeah, even if you're not kind of like a frou-frou art gallery, mm-hmm. you know, visitor and stuff, yeah, art is important. And especially in times when you you want to put unspeakable things. Yeah, people looking towards... for ways to express themselves. For mm-hmm. sure, yeah. Um, so in that way, like during the pandemic, we, we, you know, not just with Black Lives Matter, but like, the way that everyone was feeling, and we saw that a lot of people were coming to partial, um, not necessarily to like buy art, mm-hmm. but there was definitely like an uptick in people suddenly realizing like art is important to me. What are my local artists doing? You know, like I'm f- that that train of like stopping the work and everything to 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 see what was going on. Like we we did a campaign across like Toronto where we put artwork by diverse artists onto these huge um, plaster boards to I guess like bring life to more to to the streets that were like abandoned and things and we saw that people were kind of noticing and yeah it was nice to see like for us at least from a business perspective we'll Mm -hmm. say people being at home and suddenly feeling something for artists did make more people buy art for the first time and stuff awesome yeah. So um, what do you think? Do you think that the pandemic helped? I mean, you are a, a digital platform. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of people had to pivot from, you know, person to person interaction. So with your, with your company being a digital platform, do you feel like the pandemic helped that, hurt that? Uh, you know, talk talk to us about that. Yeah, um, it definitely helped in the sense that we yeah, we didn't have to. We didn't go through that scramble that a lot of folks had to go through to suddenly become an online business. We were already that. Um, I think so. In that regard, it did help. We had a great year of folks kind of coming to Partial for the first time and people buying art for the first time. So we had a very positive year from a revenues perspective. But I think, um, yeah. But now I think as more people have become used to using online platforms, which is great, people have become more used to buying art online, buying things they've never bought online before mm-hmm. on the internet. <laughs> They're used to that now. But there's now so much more clutter online as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when we started Partial, we were definitely the, one of the very first people to have an online art platform. Now we kind of see one crop up every month where we're like, oh, check this one out, check that one out. Um, so if anything, that's an indication that we were on the right track. You know, people always say like competition is a good sign. Um, but yeah, that's sort of the thing that's on my mind now is like, okay, we have the experience from these past few years and having gone through a pandemic and having worked out the kinks of an online business, but how do we make sure that we can kind of sustain ourselves through yeah. the next several years? All right, I got one more before I'm gonna turn you over to, to Derek. Um, mm. uh, we spoke earlier, but give us 
and I know it's going to be hard to do because it's such a, a new thing and, and not a lot of people understand it. But um, walk us through NFTs for, for a second. Okay. Um, as yeah. best as you can yeah. without, you know, talking about it for another hour. Because <laughs> that's probably what it would take to, to get us to understand it. Yeah. I mean, so NFTs are so interesting. And, um, you know, I, I think everyone will have a different take on them. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone who's particularly interested in, I'd say, like, art as purely an investment tool. Mm-hmm. Stepping back a, for a little second, you know, people used to look at, ask me questions about, say, like, the art on partial, being like, oh, what should I buy if I want to, like, you know, get a good return on investment? I'm like, honestly, <laughs> for most of the art out there, you'd probably be better off with, like, a high-interest savings account. Mm-hmm. Because... I mean, I'm coming at it like if you want to buy art, you should buy it because you love it and you're connected to it. Um, unless you're in that kind of top tier of buying art for an for like a high return, you're there's there's no point in in playing that game. I'd say NFTs for myself seems to fall more in that kind of investment category. But I think I know it's more complicated than that, and there is something cool about it for sure. Um, can we can we explain what an NFT is to to the average listener who doesn't know as best as, <laughs> I can certainly as best try. as you can as best as I can. Where nobody's here is an NFT expert, but just give no a give, a, give a, a, a a quick description of like the idea behind it because I just learned about it in the last twelve months myself. Yeah, um, and you'd probably want to like fact check this before you put yeah, it out. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, all of this info, you know, take at your own risk. Yeah, yeah. um. NFTs are kind of like an avenue for for um, cryptocurrency. So uh, basically, you can using using your cryptocurrency. And at the time, I think you know I haven't looked into it for a little while. But at the beginning, Ethereum was kind of the the main currency you could use to buy NFTs, and then subsequently see the value of this quirky piece of art that you bought online, digitally mm-hmm. speaking, um, see how others also invest in it and the value of it going up. And then in theory, you make like some bonkers return, right. Right. roughly. Um, right. Yeah, but yeah, I think, you know, I kind of went into it with like a cynical perspective because I'm like, this isn't real but art. You're an artist though, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I've, I've opened my mind to it in the sense that it's not for the artists that are on partial, mm-hmm. but art takes so many different forms. There right. are, you know, people out there making quirky, digital, giffy art things. and So in theory, it's digital art that people are using to connect to mm-hmm. cryptocurrency, right? Mm-hmm. Would that be fair to say? I would say so, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, and maybe a small percentage of them are are actually art collectors. Right, Yeah. right, okay. It's, it's, it's also involves... Um, capturing a moment in time, right? Because most mm-hmm. of the NFTs are sitting around, say, someone like yourself. Right? There's, yeah, there's there's all walks and shapes and forms. I think that's right. a big part of it, especially in sports. Right. Is, mm-hmm. is you know, with, with, with uh, sites like Top Shot and, and things like that, where they're taking these moments and even videos, mm-hmm. clips, and, and people can capture these moments in, like, digital trading cards. Right. Yeah. But a big another big part of that is actually digital art. And there are these famous people already in this space who have, you know, created this artwork and it's sold for, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I just want to touch on that for, we don't have to stay on that too long. Yeah. Um, you know, we've heard Tammy's story and a little bit about partial. So 
What do you think, D? How can how can we help her and and partial um, going forward? What do you see? Well, I made a couple notes. Um, you know, we talked about criteria for artists to get on to the platform, mm-hmm. right? And a recommendation might be considering creating some minimum threshold of you know other. I mean, you always want to keep the door open. Like, okay, I like your art, so you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. But someone else, it might be based on sales. It may be based on followers because, again, mm-hmm. each one of those artists has potential to bring. If they only bring five people to your platform, you said you have about 500 artists. Mm-hmm. Each one of those bought five. Think about how many more people would be visiting your site, right? Mm-hmm. So having a minimum threshold but leaving the door open mm-hmm. to the person that you or the other artistic um, decision makers like, that's, that's good. So that's one suggestion. The other is um, – you know, you talked a lot about everybody has these other hustles or other jobs. Um, maybe trying to have somebody who's focused 100% on it, right? I always say to people, what makes things go and mm-hmm. what creates the most success is when one person is just dedicated, right? Mm-hmm. If you're that entrepreneur, I know you got to pay the bills, mm-hmm. but putting that laser on it. And oftentimes I hear people say, I've heard a lot of successful people say, um, at different junctures, family members, parents may have said to them, well, you should go to school to be this, but they wanted to be something else. And one of them, I think he told his dad, if I go over there and go to school, then I'm coming up with a plan B. I don't want a plan B. I only mm-hmm. want a plan A. So, yeah. you know, I'll let you figure that out based on when the rent's doing what you got to do with that, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And uh, then a couple things I, I, I took away is like, you know, I always look at existing bot, uh, business models like they're important, right? They're important to grab key learnings from, right? Mm-hmm. So like art galleries, there's some good things that go on in art business, right? So maybe showings. Can you figure out how can I do showings and promote and have promotional events around showings, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what art galleries really do. They do showings. And then the last part of that, I would just say, you know, you, you've talked a lot about um, Canadian artists. Why not come up with a couple of promotions where maybe you do something seasonal and uh, you do something called Art Canada, mm-hmm. right? So now you're drawing in people. So you get a bunch of artists to say, we're doing this this online thing with Canadian artists and you attract fans. So you make it a big event, but you just do it mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. Cool. So just a couple you know, ideals that I thought might be helpful. Oh, that's great. Help you get to that next yeah. level. Yeah. Awesome. I think for me, um, I wouldn't consider myself an artist, but I do feel like I'm more creative than I am business. Um, so I think just I would speak to you more so on, you know, trying to align your goals, right? Because it's it's you can be very conflicted sometimes, especially as an artist, because this is you're talking about the pure essence of mm-hmm. what this means to you as an artist. So that doesn't make a very good business plan. So mm-hmm. what I'm hearing you say is like I want to I want to uh help like artists, especially local artists and up and coming artists, but I want this company to grow. And sometimes those two things intermix with each other and, and you could be pulling apart mm-hmm. instead of so I would encourage you to not feel bad for chasing the business model because we always talk about taking yourself to the next level and then reaching back mm-hmm. instead of mm. staying where you are and trying to get everybody through the door at the same time it's only a couple people can fit through that door at the same time 
right? But if you go through that door, then you can come back and knock the wall down or whatever you have to do mm-hmm. and, and let people come through. So I would just say keep that in mind as you make your goals because, like, on that side of it, it's always the the responsibility of the creator to, you know, make sure that the other creators are taken care of. But mm-hmm. while you're doing that, the business people who will cut everybody's legs off to make it to the top, they just keep going. They mm-hmm. just keep going and keep going. Mm-hmm. So what I what my mindset is, is like, let's get in the seats of power so that Tammy is running the most prestigious digital art mm-hmm. gallery in the world. But she's a she's an artist mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. still has a heart for the artists, you know, down the street who are doing this as as a mother of you know, kids and a teacher, and and she's so you know we have to get the right people in the right positions, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's hard to do that because the good people are focused on being good people, mm-hmm. and that doesn't always make good business sense. So mm-hmm. I'll just encourage you to open your mind to some of that as well. Yeah, I really appreciate that, and the I think like that visual metaphor of like people trying to get through the doorway all together versus, yeah, maybe. A couple going in first, so we could go back. And 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 me and me and D spent a lot of time mm-hmm. ourselves and speaking with other people on building companies as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he was touching on a little bit earlier. Is like you might need someone who's just got the business mind. Totally. You know what I mean. You might need to. And I know that you know we talked about you know the revenue and things like that. So it's hard sometimes. But I would I would be interested, especially in this space that we're getting to now. It's like. The last year, the world is changing. You know, mm-hmm. everything is changing. If you can't feel it, then you're gonna miss out. But like now, more than ever, is about inclusion. Mm-hmm. So take, you know, ten of your most prominent artists on your platform and say, hey, what do you think about investing? What do you think about joining the board uh, mm-hmm. and, and 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 cutting that pie and giving equity? Yeah. And and then you bring more and you keep bringing more and bringing more because you're already giving me the artist's expression of like, I just want this to. Mm-hmm. to work for everybody so it doesn't feel like you're holding on to it like no, i need 100 percent sure. of the pie no never yeah. right so let's cut people in mm-hmm. and then we all can take it to the next level i oh, think that would be a great idea as well yeah i mean i've always looked as partial as there is you know the few of us sat around the table and partial is it's also its own little baby and we're all trying to like see it grow to where it can be mm-hmm. you know i am very forthcoming with knowing the limits of my Ability, like I think the team that's worked on it right now, we should all be very proud for two to four people to have created what we've created. I think is super awesome. Well, that's impressive. Good. Yeah, but um, yeah, I know that amongst our team, we need, yeah, you know, and and I probably didn't recognize this when you first asked the question of what do we need to take it to the next level. But yeah, having someone who's like pure business. Yeah, I mean uh, that's what we're here for too, it. right? Yeah. Like, like that's kind of what we do. Is like yeah. we try to get people to think, you know, outside mm-hmm. of the box, and get people to like say it out loud because we all can feel what we need, but until you say it verbally, mm-hmm. like it doesn't become real. Also, you, you like we don't even know who's gonna listen to this yet, so you might yeah. be surprised at who we're actually speaking to. We're here mm-hmm. having a conversation, and you know, it's it's a dope conversation, but like. When we say, what do you need? This is your chance to say, what yeah. do you need? So we've had people that we've talked to that that we've hear them talk for an hour and they need funding, but they haven't actually said it. 
You get what I'm saying? Uh So when we say, what do you need? Like, no, we really mean like if you were walking into a a meeting with a partner, Mm -hmm. what do you think you need for this company going forward? And to me, you know, just from listening to you, I would think that growing the platform elevates the business. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of different ways to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I can just add to that, you know, one of the things I often think about so often, I think everybody thinks I need money. Mm-hmm. They think of that capital, call money capital, that that's the capital I need. When sometimes before you get the money, you need human capital. Mm-hmm. Because human capital brings us other ideas. It brings other people with talents that we don't have. And that's what make organizations grow and prosper sure. is having that, that, that mindset. You know, yeah. So, And I think, yeah, that's definitely something that Chris and I have always talked about. Like, And I don't know if it's because we come from this kind of bootstrapping do-it-yourself immigrant background Mm -hmm. but i think we've always been cautious of this um culture with around startups which is like millions of dollars of funding Mm -hmm. even if someone threw millions of dollars at us i would be stunned to know how to use that properly right i mean for you i I mean it probably would just mm -hmm. go to marketing like for sure yeah Yeah. building your platform building a robust platform yeah so i think Um, you're in a good spot because you know, uh, now mm-hmm. funding can also be used to hire the right people. Yeah, right. Totally. You know, and, and yeah. building a team, and, and you'd be surprised at, at, yeah. at what may happen if you have one person focused on like one thing artist development or yep. whatever, artist relations, customer service, like yep. how much that can grow a company. It's just so hard to think about all of those things at the same time, especially mm-hmm. when you're coming from the artist background. Mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, and, and it's interesting because I'm looking at, you know, the name of this show is called Bet On Yourself. Mm-hmm. So Bet On Yourself to me in business means someone has to be the inspiration for whatever the business, the service, the product is, right? Mm-hmm. And that usually emanates from one person. It's their passion, right? Yeah. And then what will happen is we need capital, to your point, to fund the business or to fund the service, Right. And then you need people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean in that order. The only thing that needs to be in that order is the bet on yourself, the person who says, I have the idea. Yeah. And then everything else will follow. So, yeah, you're that you're the mm-hmm. engine that makes it go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Last thing I'll leave you with, too. And this is something that I, I leave out sometimes is like we have to every individual. And, and this is, you know, for people listening as well. We have to all define our own success. And, and what that means and that's why we kind of start by like what is your goal what do you what do you see this company as growing individually and mm-hmm. collectively um because that plays a part in in how you manage each situation because you know once you have a a, a distinct goal and a clear-cut vision that that you want to get to those decisions that you'll that you'll get to along the way you'll have a clear conscious about okay i need to do this because this is where i want to go or mm-hmm. i need to do that and you know everybody's vision is different right like so everybody doesn't want to be a billionaire everybody doesn't want to take their company and be world renowned and, and have their face on the on the front of a magazine like mm-hmm. that's not in everybody's card so mm-hmm. i think it's a very personal journey as well especially with a small business but you have to make sure that whoever is sitting at that table even if all of your goals aren't aligned, which they should be, yep. we have to know. 
we have to know. So if us three right here are going into business, mm-hmm. I need to know what you want out of this. And mm-hmm. I need to know what D wants out of this. And you guys need to know what I want out of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a part that that we, we get so caught up in the chase and the hustle that we forget that. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see, you know, problems happen as well. So mm-hmm. just keep that in mind mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I agree. So Feel good? this has been great. Yeah, that's been awesome. Thanks so yeah. much, guys. Thank All you right, for so sharing. Listen, yeah. um, so one more time. Where, where can where can um, artists, consumers, wherever? Where can we find where can we find um, partial? Yeah, so you can find us on the internet yep. if you go to <laughs> partial dot gallery. Um, you can also hit us up on Instagram, and yeah, I mean we also have a phone number on the site. So yep. if you want to call, I will answer it myself. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and uh, talk to you about that. So the is this the number here to six four seven? Oh, that's that's my personal. Okay, cell phone. sorry, I won't, I, won't, I won't finish. I won't finish the rest of that. Shout you out. Me, yeah, sign text me up for joke yeah. a day. Yeah. We'll edit that out. Uh, yeah, um, no, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I actually don't have the business number memorized. Oh, good. Okay. We'll edit but it's, it out. it's on the site. Yeah, we'll edit it out. Okay. Yeah. Okay, D. Tammy, with partial. I like I like partial. I love the idea. I love the concept. Um. I think that she's running into the issues that most people run into when they're coming from an artistic background where they just want to focus on the art and the craft and um, what it's really about. But sometimes that doesn't always work in the business world. So for her to be uh, having such a big heart, you know, in terms of the art world and and also trying to highlight uh, Canadian artists and being fair to everybody, um, I think that sometimes you could run into problems um, because you're trying as you're trying to scale it up. Um, she spoke about her team um, being part time, most of them um, still having to work day jobs, and and that's a hard way to build a company. So uh, I think that having QuickBooks could um, help her a little bit in, in certain aspects of uh, just cleaning up some of those logistical uh, details. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because when I think of Tammy, and Tammy talked a lot about having to go out and find the artists as well as bring the consumers to the platform. So on both sides of her company, she's got a lot of marketing costs. She's got to market to artists to get them there. Mm -hmm. And then she's got to market to consumers to say, come to the platform because I got this great art. And so I think about her marketing expenditures and I think about, you know, with, with a tool like QuickBooks, you know, she could she could actually track that. She could track the spending on each side, um, her marketing costs, you know, to the artist to promote to get the artists over. And she could also track um, the uh, the marketing costs that, you know, she incurs to uh, bring consumers to the platform. And I think it would really help her manage her business very well um, in those two areas. But along with other areas, I think she needs to understand her cash flow. You know, she's got to, I mean, whenever we think of technology, that means you got to build a platform, right? So she's got some some upfront costs to build a, a robust platform because the last thing she'd want is to get the artists there <laughs> and get the consumers there, and then her system crash. So mm-hmm. you know, I would, I would, I would really, I could really see a lot of areas that QuickBooks could benefit her. Yeah, and I think that uh, you hit it right, right on the head. I think that uh, having um, 
a technology aspect to what she's offering, which is this online platform. I think that goes right hand in hand with QuickBooks, which is being easy, accessible, on the fly, being able to share with the other people on her team in real time. Um, and just like you said, having tracking and being able to see everything and just being organized, um, which will kind of allow them to just focus on uh, their specific business um, ventures or uh, direction. You know, she talked about trying to market more and, and finding different collaborations to do uh, to get the word out um, so people can support it. So I think that we're all on the right track here. I think um, QuickBooks could be a, a very important tool for her. Well, thanks. I want to thank our guest today, Tammy Ucoin. I'm co-founder and community manager at Partial, which is an art rental platform connecting artists and consumers all in one place, um, focused on Canadian artists. Yeah, Canadian artists. Yeah, you can rent and definitely buy and support the artists wherever you are. Awesome. I also want to uh, give a huge thanks to our sponsor, Intuit, and our network partner, ACAST. Um, I'm your host of the Bet On Yourself podcast, Fred Van Vliet, with my co-host, D Folk. Signing out. Out. I'm talking seven numbers. Ain't no sleep, you know I'm turned cause I got goals to reach. If I don't work, then I don't eat, but I got kids to feed. I know the family looking at me to get it, just know I'm with it. All the ones who busting you with your actions, I can't forgive them. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.